Hey everyone, welcome to episode 228, my thoughts on Ruby Frankie. Welcome to the Harmony in the Home podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Hutchison. I'm a counselor, a life coach, and most importantly, an imperfect mom doing this work right along with you. And my goal on our podcast is to go from chaos to calm, feel less frazzled and have more fun within your four walls to have more harmony in your home. Hey everyone, so today I'm going off the beaten path because I like to listen to feedback from you and I have so many of you reach out to me and ask me my thoughts on Ruby Frankie. And some of you might be like, who is Ruby Frankie? I will get into all of that, but today is off the beaten path because I do have a love for true crime and I know this isn't a true crime channel, this is a parenting channel and we talk about all things keeping harmony in our home. The reason why I'm talking about Ruby is because she is a mommy vlogger and she gives a lot of parenting advice. So I want to kind of help you peek into the world of the mommy vlogger world when it goes sour, when it goes wrong. Because a lot of times we're using the internet as a point of reference and a point of comparison. And here is an example of you can't judge a book by its cover. You never know what's going on behind the scenes and it's always 50-50 for all the people. Everyone has strengths, everyone has struggles. A lot of times when we see mommy vloggers or Pinterest or Instagram or Facebook, we think we're failing somehow because we use that as a measuring stick to see how we're doing. Now we've talked about Facebook grass before, that the grass isn't greener on the other side. They're showing their best part of the grass, just like we do when we post on Facebook. So nothing has gone wrong, and they're not being fake, but I don't want you to use it as a measuring stick to see how you're doing. Before we get into it all, I want to talk about a sponsor that we have for our podcast now, which is so exciting because I'm getting emails and DMs and texts and boxes about you're now using herbal face food and things that you're seeing. And this is from the amazing Dawn, who I know is listening. She says, OMG, oh my gosh, Kelly, I got my herbal face food the other day and finally got to read it and try it last night. And I am in love. I've only used it twice, but my face feels alive. I can't even explain it. I can't wait to see the progress with my experience spots instead of age spots, I think she means, and my scar from cancer on my nose, but I already feel like my face is lighter and brighter and younger, whether it actually looks like it or not. I just feel like my face feels alive. It makes me actually feel like it's worth the money. I can't wait to share pictures later, but they won't even matter if it helps me feel this good. I'm serious. This stuff is amazing. All caps. Heart emoji, thank you. And I'm telling you, I would not talk about herbal face food if I did not use it twice a day and love it so much and seeing the difference that it makes in my skin and then sharing it with others. If you have wrinkles or any type of chronic skin issues like acne, anybody, any teenagers with acne, eczema, sunspots, dermatitis, rosacea, melasma, psoriasis. I've had so many different ailments to my skin and I've seen such a difference. And also I know the teens don't want to share before and after pictures, but I have seen the teens with the difference. 
So if you have teenagers or preteens, it is like magic. I wish I had this when I was younger. So you're going to go to herbalfacefood.com, put in the coupon code HARMONY20, which I think is so adorable that we have a coupon code. Like, look how far we've come, guys. And you will get 20% off. And then send me the email of what you got so that I can help you and keep you accountable to using it. Because just like anything else, if you don't use it, then it's not any good. But when you use it, I promise on a stack of Bibles, you will see results. So speaking of Ruby Frankie, she's 41. She's a mommy vlogger, for those of you who don't know. Also, respond to my email and let me know if you knew about Ruby before today's podcast. And if you want me to do more true crime or mommy vloggers or kind of step out a little bit and go off the beaten path. She's from Utah. She used to have 2 million subscribers on her YouTube. She has six kids and they were called the A Passengers. She was very popular. And I stumbled upon her through the Dad Challenge podcast. He was talking about her and I was shock watching. I could not believe the things that she was doing and sharing. And I had some thoughts and I was literally, my jaw was on the floor, not only the exploiting of kids and making them work every single day and using their kids as content, but sharing such personal stuff. Like when they would get in trouble and she'd be shaming them or they'd be crying and she'd shove a video camera in their face. First time they were shaving, she's putting that as the thumbnail the first time their daughters are shaving. And this stuff lives on the internet forever. So we have to really be cognizant of protecting children's privacy, especially when it comes to the private stuff or when they're getting in trouble. It's like if you've ever been dating someone, you go to meet their family and then they pull out the video cameras. You're like, oh my goodness, look at this little guy or look at this little girl when they were little. And that's so embarrassing. But imagine that times 2 million people. And it's not like they were all fans. She had a lot of hate watchers. She talked about them doing their chores, not doing their chores, the consequences. And it just seemed like it got kind of dark towards the end when she started working with another mom who was a therapist, Jody Hildebrandt. And that's where I think, think, I think things went completely south. So just to give you a little taste of what we're talking about, here is what I call beanbag gate. I got this clip from Christina Randall. Um, I'm listening to Christina Randall, Annie Elise, Dad Challenge Podcast, Long Crime, Court TV. This is where I got a lot of these clips. The YouTube channel has now been taken down, but I just want you to hear the extreme of, they're not even natural consequences. It's like, remember, we always talk about the punishment should fit the crime. And I don't even like to use the word punishment, but that's just a, a common slogan. You just want to make sure the consequence fits the crime. I feel like she goes completely overboard. It's like when we lived in Coral Springs, as I was growing up, there was a lady who exercised and exercised. She always was carrying a box in Coral Springs. If you live in Coral Springs, you know about the lady who carried the box. And she would walk and walk and walk. You could leave for work at 7 in the morning, and you'd still see her walking in the same clothes at 5 p.m. So that was an example. Now, we all know exercise is amazing. But whenever you do anything to the extreme, then you know you need to check yourself, not wreck yourself. So here's what I call beanbag gate. Their 15-year-old son did a mean prank to the, his younger brother, which I thought was pretty deranged, the, the prank. 
he woke his brother up at like three in the morning and said, we're going to Disney World, got him all ready, put on sunscreen, sunglasses, had him pack his bags. He was flipping out with excitement only to tell him he was just pranking him and laughing. And it was a very mean prank. There's nothing good about it. Should it have a consequence? Absolutely. But the consequence was he lost his bedroom. He lost his bed. He had to sleep on a beanbag chair for seven months in the living room. And she shares this as a appropriate consequence for what he did. And you can listen here. My bedroom was taken away for seven months and then you give it back like a couple weeks ago. I don't think our viewers know that. You're just sleeping on a beanbag. I'm sleeping on a beanbag since October. <laughs> and they gave my room back like two weeks ago. Oh, I'll give Plus. you the reason why I lost my bedroom. I think so. And this is the reason. At least this is the reason that's been in my head. It's pretty funny, but now that I look back, I mean, it's pretty depressing. No, we never told our viewers. That I woke Russell up at 2 in the morning and told him that we're going to Disneyland and he has to pack. <laughs> and he got up and made his bed all neatly and then packed all his clothes in a suitcase. And then he walked out the door and I'm like, Russell, he's like, what? And he's all happy. Has his sunglasses on. Do you think it's funny? Because... And then I walk out. If and you think it's funny, then you... That was seven months ago. Maybe you need longer without a bedroom. It, no, it was not funny. <laughs> Russell got the big bedroom and Chai got the, the smaller bedroom. Smallest. And Russell's bigger bedroom also had a bathroom. But what you guys didn't know was <laughs> Chad didn't get any room. Mm -hmm. he, didn't, he didn't get anything. He was sleeping on the floor in the family room. So you can kind of hear in that clip of it kind of falls out of his mouth. And she's like, ooh, I don't think we shared that with our listeners and our viewers. But she's very proud of it. And obviously it's not working because he's still laughing. He doesn't think that it's something he did wrong. And then he's like, oh yeah, it is something I did wrong. Just kind of checking the box. There was another one, another th that one that went viral where her kindergartner did not pack her lunch and forgot it. And kids are going to forget their lunch. And yes, we can go save them or we can have the school, you know, have them give them the peanut butter and jelly sandwich that they have on hand. I had students forget their lunch all the time. And sometimes the parents can't leave work and bring their lunchbox every single time. So they would just have like a peanut butter and jelly, a fruit and a milk on standby that they would give to all children. Now lunches and breakfasts are free. But in this situation, she did not pack her lunch and she forgot it. And she told her mom that she had packed a lunch. So that happens. And she said... Not only was she not going to bring her the lunch, but she also told her teacher not to give her anything and that the natural consequence would be to go hungry. Now, I'm all for natural consequences, but I cannot believe that going hungry should be a consequence of forgetting your lunch when you're in kindergarten, five years old. So I want you to listen to this clip. And she seems very proud of the fact when she says... I hope no one at the school feeds her. Just got a text message uh, from Eve's teacher and she said that Eve did not pack a lunch today and can I bring a lunch over to the school? This happens quite often when you're having raising children um, because I know that her teacher is uncomfortable with her being hungry and not having a lunch and it would ease her discomfort if I came to the school with lunch. Um, but I, I responded and just said, 
Eve is responsible for making her lunches in the morning and she actually told me she did pack a lunch. So the natural outcome is she's just going to need to be hungry. And hopefully, hopefully nobody gives her food and nobody steps in and gives her a lunch. So I'm getting to the punchline of the story. Uh, the next one we talk about is WrestleGate where she uses food again as a punishment or lack of food. Now it's one thing to say you can't have dessert because you didn't eat your growing food. But you can listen in this clip. The kids are playfully wrestling, and she says, if you keep doing that, I'm going to tell you one more time, if you keep doing that, you're not going to have any dinner, and you're going to go to bed without supper. For wrestling, and you can tell it's like a playful wrestle. Listen here. I'm going to say it one more time, and then you're going to lose the privilege to eat dinner. And she says it, and you can hear in the clip, she says it so casually and so naturally that it's something that she does often. This one, it's really sad. This clip is because um, it's kind of a visual you need to see. So you can go to Dad Challenge Podcast or Annie Elise or Christina Randall or Law and Crime or Court TV and just Google Ruby Frankie. I always want to say Frankel. R-F, I'm um, sorry, F-R-A-N-K-E. And you will see it is jaw-dropping. And this one, the visual is so sad. It like broke my heart. Her daughter was, I can't tell how old she is, and I think it says it in the clip, like preschooler age, and she used the scissors without permission or used the scissors inappropriately. And so you can see she takes, you can see it, but you can also hear it. I know this is a podcast. You can also hear it. She says, if you use these scissors one more time, and you could just hear the tone, I'm going to take this stuffed animal, which is her favorite stuffed animal, and I'm going to chop its head off or cut its head off. Listen here. If you cut one more thing in my house, <laughs> I'm going to take the scissors, look at me, and I'm going to cut its head off. Grandma, you be so mad. So what are you going to do? Are you going to cut anything else? No. You promise? Look at mama. Isn't that sad? Oh my goodness, that clip. And if you saw her face, she's like, oh, no, no, no. Because you know, so when your younger stuffed animals are your everything. Okay, and so this is the last one. Just to kind of paint a picture of this. These are the things she shared naturally. This is before Jody even came into the picture. I call this one Polish Gate. It's not so much the consequence in this one. It's the way in which she speaks to them is so derogatory and so demeaning and so terse where you don't see a lot of the opposite happening too. Because sometimes we are snappy with our kids and sometimes we have to be terse and we have to use a strong, stern voice. But what we talk about on this podcast is always balancing out that that's like five to 10% of your interactions with your kids. And the other one is building them up because the way we talk to our children becomes their inner voice. That is a famous quote that did not come from me. So you can listen to that clip here about Polish Gate. Get out from underneath my bed right now. Let's get everywhere. I write that song. You wrote that song, Dead Skin? <laughs> You're going to have to write, I'm dead now because you're in so much trouble. <laughs> Look at me. You're going straight to bed and you don't get dessert today. We're all going to go out and get a cookie. And play a family game. Eve, you cannot be in my room and do that. We had family dinner and I was looking and looking and looking for Eve and I was like, why isn't Eve at the dinner table yet? She usually comes to dinner as soon as I call her. And then I go looking outside. We've been looking for 30 straight minutes for her and I was starting to get worried. And I was like, okay, 
we're gonna start calling around in the neighborhood and if I can't find Eve in the next 20 minutes, I'm calling the police. And then I found this. You only got a little gist of it on camera. All of the discipline takes place off camera. But one of the consequences is she will not be getting her nails painted for a solid month. And that's like her favorite thing is to have me do her nails. And she's gonna have to go without for a month until she learns that she's not old enough to do this yet by herself. All right, verdict is in. We saved the floor, it came off the tile okay. But I think my rug is totaled. So then, this all happens, she's getting a lot of feedback and she's like, I stand in my truth, I stand in my truth. Then she hooks up with Jody Hildebrandt, which is a therapist, and they were making $30,000 a month giving out advice. And the sad thing is it's all parents like us that just want to do a better job. We just want to be the best parent we can be. We're all just trying to be that A-plus parent. And hopefully through this podcast, we're all trying to be B-minus parents. I thought of something today. I was like, what if we had merch that said B-minus parenting? Or just merch that said B-minus. Or like a mug. Or like a bracelet. Or a shirt. Or a hat. And almost as a physical reminder, like I know a lot of people get tattoos because they see the tattoo and it reminds them to, sometimes they get the tattoo that just says breathe. So then when they see the tattoo, it reminds them. So anyway, let me know if you'd want something like that. Cause I just came to me, I was like, oh, that's a really good idea because it's just that constant reminder that we're shooting for B minus. So this is when things got dark. She and her husband, Jody and her husband, I'm sorry, Ruby and her husband split up and he was not in the house anymore. Then the YouTube channel got taken down and everyone was like, what is going on? Then she started this connections group with Jody Hildebrandt. And it seems like they even got crazier. She talks about like, you're a guest in my house and no nothing in this house belongs to you. Privacy doesn't belong to you. Your bed doesn't belong to you. It is on loan. Everything belongs to me. And it just got really dark and gloomy. And people were pushing back and she's like, that's because you don't know the truth and you're not standing in your truth. I'm thinking, whose truth are you talking about? And then out of nowhere, Jody and Ruby got arrested. Apparently two of the kids, two of the six, I think two have grown and flown. So there's four left in the house and two of the four were at Jody's house because they were in trouble from Ruby, so they're almost like in time out at Jody's house. One of them snuck out of the window, ran almost a block to the neighbor's house to get help for food and water. They had not had any food, any water, and there was duct tape around their wrists and ankles, remnants of it, and sores, open sores. And you can listen here on the 911 call of the neighbor calling 911, and he realizes it on the spot and how emotional he gets. Tell me exactly what's happened. I just had a 12-year-old boy show up here at my front door asking for help. And he uh, said he had just came from a neighbor's house, and we know there's been problems at this neighbor's house. He's emaciated. He's got tape around his legs. He's hungry, and he's thirsty. Okay. Is, he, is your door locked? No, I'm sitting outside with him on the, on the front patio. Okay, cool. And he asked us to call the police. 
What's so he's very afraid. Are the neighbors out of their home, or is anybody looking for him that you can see? Uh, no. We Our homes are far enough away. Uh, I'm not sure. How did you get out of the house? Uh, Orange. He went out. He says he just left through the porch at the neighbor's house. Um, her name is Jody Hildebrand. And she lives two doors up the street. Yeah, out here in Cayenne, the houses are far apart. So he walked just under the block to get to our house. He, he rang my doorbell and asked me to call the police. Does he seem to be under the influence of drugs or alcohol? I don't think so, but he's very thirsty and. Uh, need an ambulance? <laughs> I don't think he needs an ambulance. I'll let the cops decide that, but his ankles are taped up and he won't tell us why. Okay. But he has duct tape around each ankle. Yeah, there's sores around them. I think there's a good chance he's been... Uh... He also oh, and he has them around his ankles. I mean, his wrists as well. Okay, this boy has been... <laughs> this kid has obviously been I think he's been, he's been detained. He's been, he's obviously covered in wounds. Can you even believe how sad that 911 call is? And I think they'll be in jail for probably the rest of their life because people are flipping out of the child abuse. It reminds me of the Turpin case, if you know anything about that. I can do that in another episode. But one of the saddest things on that 911 call that you just listened to is the little boy says, it's my fault. That's why I'm here. That's why I was duct taped. That's why I didn't have any food. That's why I didn't have any water. And apparently it took, from the police report, it took four hours to get the other daughter out of Jody's house because she was so convinced that she was the reason that she was duct taped. And there was also a panic room in the basement with a lock that almost looked like one of those bank vaults. You can hear it on the cop cameras of them saying there's a panic room in the basement below the garage. So I'm telling you all this because I want you to always use discernment. Even when listening to this podcast, I never want you to take anything as factual or the way you have to do it. And I know there was a lot of people listening to Jody and Ruby that were not using discernment. They were so afraid of messing up, they discarded their own intuition to do these extreme behavior modification plans that they were making a lot of money on, so there was a lot of people paying them, but they weren't using their own critical thinking skill, skills. And that's what I wanna make sure that this podcast and all the points of comparison that you use as your ruler to see how you're doing, you always have discernment. You always have your own critical thinking. You always watch with a filter of everyone experiences 50-50. You watch everything and take everything in with not a point of comparison, but a point of inspiration. And knowing behind the scenes, there's so much more going on that you will never know. Now, this is an extreme example. Never in a million years did I think she was abusing them or duct taping them or hog tying them or hiding them in a panic room. I knew something was suspicious. 
But I've also been in this field for so long that I thought, hmm, that doesn't really work for me. So listen to things and say, yeah, that works for me or that doesn't work for me and here's how I can make it work for me. Because it's a very dangerous place to be taking advice about something that you already know with your own intuition. It's already there. And so what I hope this podcast does, it helps tap into that intuition. It's kind of like when one of my kids was younger, they were so used to us telling them what to do, how to think, how to be. And we were at Michael's and they could not decide between two coloring books. And so I chose one like, oh, that one looks, and they asked my advice. So I gave my advice. So, oh, that one looks cute. And all of a sudden they, th they started bawling. And I was like, why are you crying? And they said, because I want this one, but you want that one. And I was like, oh, well, you just asked my opinion. It's okay. You can choose whichever one you want. And they were having such a hard time. And they were like three or four. If they're doing this at 15, I'd be like, okay, I've definitely micromanaged and helicoptered too long. So I realized I'm like, no, you already have the inner guidance. You have to go with what matches your heart. And this is the one that matches mommy's heart, but that doesn't make it's the right heart or the right coloring book. But when we micromanage and we helicopter and we force them into submission, we're just trying to get a, a, a hit of that control. It's like a shot of crack. When we know that we're doing that, then we can pull back, trust the process a little bit more, go with the flow and not be so heavy handed. And finding that Goldilocks balance where you're not super heavy handed, but you're also not a doormat with no boundaries. And you're not trying to people, you're not trying to people please your kids to death. Finding that Goldilocks balance that works for you is going to help you show up in an assertive pack leader energy versus a doormat like, oh, please, please approve of me. Please love me. Please say I'm the best mom ever. That's one extreme. And the other one is like, you will do this because I said so, and there's nothing you can do about it. And you will think like I think, and everything is your fault when you get in trouble because you made me act in a certain way. The saddest part of this entire case is hearing those kids thinking that it's their fault that they got duct taped and that they were locked in rooms and that they were not fed or given any water as a consequence. Like somehow that matched the crime but it shows the extreme brainwashing and the vulnerability and the oppressionability of children of all ages. Cause that could happen to our kids if they were in, you know, if you think about it, kids are essentially like trapped with us. They don't have any place to go until they're a teenager. And even then, even at 18, it's hard to be grown and flown and be on your own. So we have to really take that with a lot of responsibility. Like they're kind of trapped with us. That song Huey Lewis, um, I just want you to be happy to st stuck with me. If you know that song, they're stuck with us and we're stuck with them. So why not have some fun, light, be light and fluffy together. Find that Goldilocks balance of what works for you and your child to have more harmony in the home. I love you guys and I'll talk next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com and if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home 
and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.